0: We're in the middle of what some people think is a very complicated book of the Bible, Colin, you were saying yesterday. The book of Hebrews, many people say, oh, this book, I don't know where to begin with it, it's so Jewish. Well, you made the point yesterday, of course it's Jewish, Jesus was Jewish. And all this talk about the high priest, it's alien language to us, isn't it? So, interesting that we're picking up today on verse 11 of chapter 5, and the writer's admitting it's hard to explain because we're slow to learn. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, if something is valuable then you go seeking after it. Um, Jesus taught that parable of the, uh, of the man who discovers treasure in a field. And how did he discover treasure in the field? Well, he was digging to look for it. Uh, but then he went and sold everything he had in order that he could buy the field and own the treasure. And very often the precious things of God are there ready to be disclosed and ready to be revealed, but only to those who are really hungry for God and to really want God to reveal to them you know seek and you will find and Jesus says everyone who seeks will find I think some Christians are probably a little bit too lazy to seek they just expect everything to fall into their laps and and uh, Uh, everything to be so sort of easy. and, And no, the valuable things are there waiting for us to discover. God doesn't want to hide them from us. He wants to reveal them to us. But he will only reveal them to us when we're ready to receive the revelation. So that, of course, we would do something with it. If you receive revelation, then God expects you to live in the good of what is revealed to you. Well, Colin, you've been interpreting this book of Hebrews to us over the last uh, couple of weeks, and it's exciting. So where have we got to today? Well, yes, verse 11 of chapter 5. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives in milk... Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, isn't this interesting? Because you see, there are many places in the New Testament where we're urged to become mature. And what um, the writer to Hebrew is saying is the mature are concerned about righteousness. They're concerned to distinguish what good is from evil. In other words, they're not just trying to use God to meet their needs, they're not just trying to manipulate God to do uh, and to bless them in the way that they want to be blessed, but they are concerned to yield their lives to him, to do what is right in his eyes. And of course, Uh, We have been made righteous before God. All our sins have been forgiven and we've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus so that we can live lives that are righteous. We have the Holy Spirit within us and we have the Word of God and the Word and the Spirit together will declare to us what is good and what is not good, what is right and what is wrong. Not so that we can simply know what is right, but so that we can do what is right. So the writer then says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and a faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting we would do so. Now, I, th- I think you'll find that a lot of uh, what passes as church life for many uh, believers is actually... Uh, focused around what um, are called these elementary things. And we do need to, to of course, concern ourselves with those things for the new people that are constantly coming into the church or should be coming into the church uh, if the church is doing its job of reaching out to the world with the gospel. But at the same time, we've got to grow and we've got to become mature and we've got to put our focus on really... Fulfilling the plan and purpose, the destiny that God has for us as his people. Now, um, there comes now what is regarded as one of the most difficult passages in the whole of the New Testament, uh, often included in, in what are referred to as the difficult words. Uh, let, me, let me just say this before we, we tackle these next few verses. Uh, there is no part of Scripture that is difficult for God. Uh, and things are only difficult for us if the scripture is saying something that we don't want to hear and the the way to interpret scripture is to believe what it says not to try to get out of believing what it says and and not to bring a theology and try to force God's word into your theology. I mean our theology, our doctrine of God, our understanding of spiritual things needs to be formed by the whole counsel of God. Not that we accept some things in scripture and not others, not that we we go for one emphasis rather than another, but to seek to bring all these things uh, together because um, we are to preach and therefore to believe the whole counsel of God. So having said that, let's read from verse 4 of chapter 6. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Well. Okay, now, the big question is this. Is the writer saying that it's possible to lose our salvation? Now, the first thing I want to make clear is that is not the way that scripture thinks. As salvation is something you have or you don't have, you find and you can lose. Salvation in the whole of the New Testament is a process. We have been saved, we are being saved, we will be saved at the day of judgment. So another question is asked, well, is this talking about someone who is truly born again, someone who has really received the Holy Spirit, or just someone who has flirted with the Christian life and not really committed himself? Well, let's just go through it and see. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened. So this person has received revelation, who have tasted the heavenly gift. What is the heavenly gift? Well, the heavenly gift is Jesus and the life that he came to give, eternal life, fullness of life. So they've tasted that who have shared in the Holy Spirit, so they have in some degree, in some measure, in some way, received the life of the Holy Spirit. Now, that would make this person a Christian who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God. They they have seen that God's Word is true. They have tasted the fulfillment of some of the promises, at least, of the Word of God. And the powers of the coming age, they, they, have, they have already seen the power of God at work in their lives. Now, this to me is, certainly speaks of what you would say is a normal Christian experience. If they fall away, it is impossible, he's saying, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance. Okay, so what does it mean to fall away? Does it mean that? If this person backslides, he cannot be brought back to repentance. No, it doesn't mean that. I'm sure you know many people. I certainly have met many people who have backslidden for a period of time in their lives. They have repented. They have come back to God. They have been restored, and often have very fruitful ministries. Sometimes even more fruitful ministries because of what God has worked in them uh, through coming to a deeper repentance and a greater yielding of their lives to him than they had in the first place. So this certainly isn't referring to backsliders. Now, it will help us to understand that Hebrews was written during a time of intense persecution when many people were actually being martyred for their faith. And of course, um, that meant that they would refuse to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, Uh, If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Heavenly Father. But if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before the Father. So there was intense pressure on people to uh, actually um, throw their faith away. Renounce their faith. But to renounce their faith, uh, simply... Uh, out of expediency now one of the things that the writer to hebrews is doing here and we'll see later on in in the epistle uh, is to really warn people of the dangers of doing that because if you deny jesus before men he will deny you before he will deny them before the father in heaven much better to face even death itself rather than to renounce your faith in jesus so it's one thing to backslide but it's another thing to throw your faith away it's another thing uh, actually to turn against the Christian faith and there are some people I I hear about that, that do that you know they have tasted the goodness of God they've tasted the life of the spirit and yet in some way the enemy gets hold of them and they actually turn against what they have known to be the truth now it would seem to be that the writer to Hebrews is saying, for people like that who know the truth but deliberately choose to believe a lie, who have tasted salvation but, but throw that salvation away, then what is left for them? They yeah. have made a choice. And it's a deliberate act. And it's a deliberate act. It's part. not backsliding. It's not just disobedience. It's not just a time of sin uh, from which a person can be restored. But it's a very definite and deliberate turning away, renouncing of your faith, Uh, and even speaking against uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, uh, you know, if they fall away, it's impossible for them to be brought back to repentance because to their loss, they're crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. So this is a word that certainly is very important for those people in countries today where they are faced with this decision. You either renounce Jesus or you die. And of course, it's for this reason that there are martyrs uh, every day of the year. I mean, today, there are some people that will be martyred for their faith because they refuse to renounce Jesus. And, um, uh, you know, we, we can only praise God for them because their reward will be rich in heaven. And the blood of the martyrs in the book of Revelation is crying out for vengeance, is crying out for the purposes of God to be established, uh, in heaven and on earth so um, you, you know God has an entirely different view of these things I think than we do we think oh well death is is an end but to God it's a passing on into something much greater than we experience here and now you've been listening to faith for today presented by Julia Fisher this program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith for further information visit our website kingdomfaith.com.